0: The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. They have 100,000 people on TikTok, but how are they actually engaging their users to become customers of courses that they have or other things that they're trying to promote?
1: Very active, starting a business it takes a lot of gumption. I really want to dig in deep, figure out what makes these people tick, how they are leveraging their success to make the rest of the world a better place. You know, maybe have a couple giggles along the way.
0: From the Pod Six One Seven Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Kilroy Report, the podcast that shares the stories of entrepreneurs and agency owners doing extraordinary things in an ordinary world. Now, here's your host, Tim Kilroy. Hey, everybody, it's Tim.
1: Welcome to the Kill Report, where we talk to extraordinary people who are building businesses in completely ordinary times. Um, Except, of course, nothing about the last two years has been ordinary at all. Uh, But I'm here today with Dan Staub from Juniper Growth. They are a really fantastic influencer marketing agency uh, located in where? Somewhere? Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Uh, even though we are both, uh, for those of you watching the video, we're both rocking our Red Sox hats today, which is really important because they're the only team that matters. Uh, you know, and the Braves or whatever, you know. Uh, I, I'd say
0: the Braves, we, we matter. I just was wearing the Red Sox well, for, for you. And we, we're on top right now. So that's, that's good.
1: Uh, right. Well, I guess uh, like everybody's on top because there's no baseball going on at all.
0: Oh, true. Everything's in pause. But defending, give us the defending world champs.
1: Okay that's fine. Tell us about Juniper Growth and, and, and what I want to get into uh, is a sort of a, a bigger conversation about uh, about the role of influencer marketing and you know, you know how it's different and why it's it's really necessary today. So let's let's start with your your growth you know how how you, how you got to Juniper Growth and then, then we can expand the conversation from there.
0: Yeah so at Juniper we work with direct to consumer businesses and help them grow on social by leveraging creators and the communities that they're connected to. I think that's one of the things that's really important and things I'd like to talk more about is these larger communities that creators are building around them. Um, you know, you have people that, sure, they have 100,000 people on TikTok, but how are they actually engaging their customers or actually their users, I guess, to kind of then become customers of maybe courses that they have or other things that they're trying to, to help promote. Um, So that's really what we help people do is navigate the social space. Um, I have a product management background and so really started working with a lot of software companies, um, kind of more direct consumer online tools, also some apps too. And so we're able to leverage our understanding of the technology space and pair that with marketing as well.
1: All right, so let's let's talk about this this idea of of uh, you know of community because I, uh, you know I think that community is such a uh, a big you know a big buzzword these days and and lots and lots of brands like to think of their you know of their users as a community or their their shoppers as a community but very few actually do anything to to activate that that concept. Um, yep. Uh, but Talk a little bit more about the community that influencers create and and how do they do that? Why does it make it more valuable for for you know you to for a brand to work with an influencer that has an active and engaged community?
0: Yeah, so there's really two different communities to be thinking about, and that's within the influencer networks that they have, and then also within their their audience. So those are two of the first questions I'll ask a creator when I talk to them is you work with any other creators uh, because that can give us the advantage you know getting in the door for a brand getting a uh, uh, creator interested is one of the most difficult parts and so seeing do you connect with any other influencers in this space that's always a really good sign and then how are you actually uh, continuing to to grow your audience some people say i just want to continue to put up videos i just want to continue to put up content but the ones who are really doing the best job are creating evergreen content that can be used such as uh, blogs or even telegram channels discord channels things like that where they're having people go to come in and talk about the specific niche that that creator is uh, is focused on
1: so so maybe maybe you can you can help define define the term creator because it's a pretty nebulous term you know uh i have a podcast i do videos um am i a creator
0: Yes, and I told I told you that Tim. I told you you're an influencer. You're going to listen to me one day when I tell you that because you're you you totally are. And and I like to think I try to use the term creator as opposed to influencer because it's people who are creating content that can continue to live on. So there's blogs, there's videos, there's uh, people that are making no no code tools that they're able to get people interested in, and so that is really how I see it. And there's also a large swath of things that people can do and so what we're trying to do is work with individuals and you know really small media companies now that have this larger network of not only do they have an Instagram channel but they're also talking on a podcast they're also putting up blog posts and things like that so that I would say it's really any any person who is creating content with the goal of inspiring others
1: and and does it have to be inspirational or can it be entertainment
0: entertainment too i mean i think yeah inspire entertain
1: I let's say like create emotion right like trying like someone is so so uh, i guess uh uh you know a, a creator on some level is is somebody who's trying to create an emotional reaction either either excitement entertainment anger whatever because i would you know i'd say you know joe rogan um, or that wacko Alex, whatever his name is, from from Breitbart or uh, wherever he was. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and Alex Jones, you know, th- like they 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 traffic in anger. Other folks traffic in, in giggles, and other folks traffic in information that inspires. So, so I think the so how does a brand figure out like this? Like, how do I jump into this? this marketing channel and what tells me that I'm, I'm right and ready to do this. And why is mm-hmm. it, it, how's it going to work for me?
0: Yep. So first thing is you have to have a, a item ready to sell, <laughs> you know, you, this does Definitely. not work well. If you have an idea, this doesn't really work great. If you have a service obviously it can work. if you have a service, but it helps. You know, if you're selling this pen, you want people to be able to sh- clearly show the pen show what you're doing. So that's one of the the first things that's important. And then um, I've said this before that I do think that this is a very much, if you're thinking about it from a marketing standpoint, very much a top of funnel approach of a ways to get people to look at your brand. So it is important that you have a, a, a strong website. It's important that you have strong retargeting in place, whether that's via digital marketing on Facebook ads Google ads or email retargeting setup. Uh, So those are really things that I think are, are important. And then at that point, I think you're going to get the most out of working with creators. Cause what we're going to do then is drive a bunch of interest to your, to your site. And then that's when people will be able to convert more easily. Uh, Like I said, it is a top of funnel. So just because someone sees one video talking about your tool, uh, we need to continue to hit them uh, in multiple ways. So that's leveraging uh, any, digital marketing that's set up and then continue to put more videos out, especially with similar uh, creators. So um, that's, that's really how we, how we try to see it.
1: So, so give me, so walk me through this. So, so let's, we're, we're going back to, I think we have the same pen here, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, whatever this is a pilot G2 gel pen. Um, nice. So, so if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the person who's in charge of selling this pen, um, and I th- okay, we've got you know, our website's good. You know, we've got other forms of traffic. You know, we know what we're doing. We're not, you know, we're not guessing. At the, you know, we've got a business that's that works, um, and we're thinking, okay, now we'd really like to take advantage of, you know, the calligraphy market. Like that's a spot where we don't know how to advertise super well there, and so we come to Juniper Growth and say, hey Dan. You know, can you go find the the like the three, like the three most approachable, least dorky, highest impact calligraphy creators? You know, is is that how it works?
0: So the way we first work to understand the user personas and who is interested in the actual product. So I really tried to work with teams to understand who exactly they're. Uh, who their target audience is. And so not only is it, you know, to use this example, are we specifically going at writers? Are we specifically going at business focused people? And then from there, finding creators that are in that specific space that will then talk to those different niches. It's also a good way, it's similar to the way you would structure a Facebook campaign, right? You're using, what are you testing in this Facebook campaign? You're really testing two things. You're testing your targeting and you're testing your content. And so you're seeing how well people take to the content. And then you're seeing how well that audience is interested in whatever you have. There's a lot of the thing, a lot of the moving parts, but I try to think of it, break up by those two things. And so
1: is this a place where, where, you know, you're thinking about expanding your reach into a market that you're already in, or is this equally good for prospecting in a slightly different market or, you know, an adjacent market?
0: Equally good. Equally good. So I think also, so I worked with a company one time and they said, we've got a lot of people that are interested in ATVing and off-roading. They had uh, an app that had nothing to do with that, but because people were interested in that, uh, we did a campaign specifically to different off-roading meme accounts and other people where people are off-roading what they're looking at. And so what that was, that was a test of testing the specific audience. So we were using, we knew the content that people were going to be interested in, but we wanted to see if that audience would be interested in it. And uh, we didn't get as good of results as we were getting on our other campaigns with the more traditional uh,
1: niches. So, you know, if I'm thinking about doing influencer or working with an influencer or a creator, you know, should I like, should I test that market with advertising in some respect first to see if, if I'm making the right choice?
0: I think that would be, that would be a good way to do it. Yeah. I think that that's why I, it really does help when brands understand their core user base already, right? You know, when they're, obviously I can't expect everyone to have distinct user personas for four different people, but the closer a brand already is to that point, the easier it's going to be. to to excel for them
1: and and what does the creator get out of this you know how does you know i mean obviously they get paid for doing this because this is a it's a paid promotion but Mm -hmm. you know other than cash what you know what do they get out of it
0: they get content ideas so that's really how i first started learning about this is i started my own social media account helping promote different uh events in atlanta and i saw it's hard to come up with content every single day. And so one of the benefits that creators have is now they have new ideas and new things to be able to provide their audience. Uh, So whether that be a giveaway or just other ways to engage with them, because if you're, you know, creating a YouTube account and you're thinking about different things to, to to post, let's say you want to do four videos a month. uh, You know, it's if you already have one of those videos kind of pinned down on what you want to do and, having it targeted via sponsored post makes it a little bit easier to to do the next three and be a little bit more creative. Uh, so that that's that's the biggest thing. And then um, I think also just showing that you've worked with the brand can be good to bring on more brand sponsorships. So really the best creators I like to work with are anywhere from they've done, you know, three to 10 deals. I don't necessarily want to be the first person that they've worked with because yeah. then they don't know some of the ins and outs of it. Uh, but I also don't want to be the 150th person they worked with because then they have an agency in between them and yeah. they are, they're they're yeah. charging higher rates justifiably so. Um, so we really want to get someone at that inflection point of where they're growing. And I think that's one of the things that we are really good at is saying, okay, this account actually has some legs. This individual is putting out some good content. They are interested in what they're, what they're doing. I spoke with them on the phone and got a good understanding of what their passion is for their, for their actual channel or not.
1: So without, without sort of revealing any trade secrets, you know, how do you, how do you decide what influencer or what creator is right for a brand you know because they if you're not part of that creator's audience already and you don't understand the relationship necessarily that they have with their audience how can you know that this is going to be successful
0: so how to measure engagement essentially right and how, how can you how are you able to understand those those things it's kind of the way I try try to look at it um, we have tools to where we're able to see just kind of top level engagement of what their channels are looking at. I think Instagram is always a good one just to lean on. Uh, First of all, there's more tools out there for for Instagram available and kind of everyone has one. Um, And so what we're really looking for is anywhere from a one to 5% engagement rate, engagement being a comment, share, or like. Uh, So basically just showing that people are actually interacting with with their content. Um, I did mention though, that early on when I was saying, um, if a creator works with other, other folks, um, and they kind of, there are these pods that exist. So sometimes you'll go to someone's account and they'll have tons of likes and they'll have a lot of comments. People aren't necessarily commenting a ton on Instagram right now. And so you can do things like go through someone's account and see if he or she has, you know, a hundred comments on every single post like a hundred, like that specific number, or maybe it's 70 on every single post. That means they're part of a larger network of people. And all they're doing is just juicing each other's accounts, Um, which is, which is, which is fine. Which is fine. I I understand it, but we have to be able to see through that. Yeah. It's not real. And we have to be able to see through that. We have to be able to understand that a little bit more. Um, I think there's also just some red flags on just genuineness of someone, just like you would, like we do all the time when we're browsing through social media, understanding how, how genuine someone is. Um, are they, you know, I've, I've never worked with someone who does shows like cash or a car or a watch. Like that is an immediate red flag, you know? yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, that's an immediate red flag uh, or someone who is just posting things that you can tell just isn't really in their, in their best interest. And so um, it is difficult. It is difficult to go in and see how much they really care. But that is how having an actual conversation with them can yeah. really make things a lot better. And that's one of the things that we help our clients with is actually building relationships with these folks. So instead of just saying, here's a pen, go post it, talk to you later, right? We actually want to build relationships with them because it'd be beneficial for for both of us to have a, a long-term partnership.
1: Now let's assume that that we take our, our beautiful pen and we get it in the hands of, of those three fantastic calligraphy influencers or creators. How do I know that that's working? You know, is this so, like, is, you, know, uh, um, for, uh, you know, for a long time, people used to put like a big, uh, a, like a really big value on impressions, um, you know, in, in display advertising, you know, until that was, that was, you know, because the measurement is so fuzzy, there it's a little bit, it's it's kind of a deprecated idea now. But what about what about in this in this creator space? What is this? What what is you know how, how are we thinking about this?
0: So going back to who's more open to working with brands and not if if they don't have some sort of link tree or LinkedIn bio or some sort of place to send people to click a link, it just shows that they're not necessarily as serious about it, and it's very hard yeah. for us to track conversions with them. Uh, So it's different linking strategies that different companies use. And we have our way of doing it, but every company specifically in the mobile app space has different uh, user acquisition methods, different user acquisition tools that they have. And so what we'll do is we'll break out the links by not only by creator, but then also by channel. So for instance, if someone is posting on their social pages, but then also posting in their Discord channel, or within their Telegram channel, uh, we'll have two links, we'll have two links generated. So we'll have one link for the social and then one link for the other. So the way, if we're able to break that down by channel as much as we can, that's where you're able to understand it the most. Uh, And then from a little bit more of a qualitative perspective, your just general site traffic should be, should be increasing. And then also organic searches, Uh, there's a correlation between, you'll see a correlation between increased organic searches um, based on the, how good different campaigns are.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's almost, uh, the same, same, same thing ha- happens in, you know, sort of Facebook advertising, um, uh, t- you know, typically your direct traffic goes up if you're advertising on Facebook. Yeah. Sa- sa- same idea because it's just, because there's an element of just general awareness. Okay. Um, why now for creator? advertising you know why now for for working with creators why is this the right time
0: i just think we're at an interesting spot where you can become your own media company as an individual you know just sitting here at your desk you can create a large audience with things and i think it's an interesting time of uh kind of the wild west in terms of how people are are doing it for themselves um it's there's a low barrier to entry because all it is can be as simple as sending someone a dm um, you can send them a DM. Is it something you'd be interested in? Yes, I'd love it. Here's my address. And you send it to them and you can get posts up pretty quickly. And so uh, there's just a lot of micro influencers and people that are in that range of 10,000 to 100,000 uh, interested audience audience members. And, and like I said, this isn't just necessarily their follows on social media. It's in other places where they're creating a following as well across you know podcasts and, and written spots uh, also. So I think that that's the interesting side of it. Um, I think that with the pandemic and a lot of people uh, adjusting to see what is most important to them, um, people are putting more time into their passions. They're putting more time into building out these channels and creating resources to help their audience that's in their particular niche. So uh,
1: in the spirit of the fact that Eventually, marketers ruin everything. You know, as someone someone who's been a marketer for a long time. Yeah, I've I've seen it a million times. Um, you know, at, at some point, isn't influencer marketing going to ruin the validity of, or the creator marketing you know, going to ruin the validity of creators? You know, isn't it like I, is, isn't everybody going to be seen as like just a shill?
0: Um, I don't the the genuine folks will continue to to get stronger so i think that people who are and if you want to look we could look back into um you know i don't know paula dean kind of comes to mind right and that was someone who she was putting out a lot of different content and now she has this massive following and this true brand that's behind her and so now is that the same thing as influencer marketing not quite but it is the well, people who are really like focused it, on building things yeah, out. But,
1: you know, but I, she, uh, uh, you know, she, I think she's ticked over into like the celebrity endorsement realm.
0: Right. Right. So, right. So, I, I, I'm, I'm sure yeah. that
1: any, like any day now you'll see her doing uh, uh, ads for reverse mortgages on, on local cable TV. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Okay. So, so, so what's the difference? I mean, so I guess like these, the, so I guess in some ways, like there's, there's not a huge difference between creator marketing and like celebrity endorsements, just scale, right?
0: Yep, I totally. And, you know, there've been a lot of things. So like Jamie Foxx just did an ad with some casino or something. And it just talks about, you know, they, they spent $5 million on the commercial, but imagine if they had spread that out across a larger network of creators and people that are talking about it. Yeah. You like that's sure. That's going to make some big splash and it's an easy thing to kind of pin your marketing campaign on. Yeah. Um, but imagine if you were a little bit more tactical with spreading that Spend out across the places where your customers are looking at multiple times—not even multiple times every day. Sometimes multiple times every hour, uh, and so that really is where a lot of the the attention is right now is on our phones. And so, how can brands continue to get in front of people who are looking at the phones?
1: So, so, and let's so—is this is—is is creator marketing? is this something that really big brands need to do? You know, people who have basically, you know, they, they, they have enough money to buy the attention um, or is this more the, the province of like emerging brands? So brands who have yet, you know, brands who are, uh, you know, might have a strong standing in a, in a narrow audience, but they've not achieved, you know, widespread visibility.
0: Yeah, I, I think both. Think it works for both. It's just more of one is we're trying to launch our product and get people out there. That was the latter one you described. And the other yeah. one is more of re- reiteration and how can we continue to get our, our brand in front of people? Um, how can we continue to remind people about what we do? And there's also, you know, old brands are launching new products uh, all yeah. the time. You know, Oreo has been around forever, but if they're going to do a strawberry banana smoothie Oreo, which I wouldn't be surprised if that even exists already. Sending it out to a large network of people that have a captivated audience across, you know, let's break down their user, their user personas, across parents, across teachers, or across college kids, right? And, and, yeah. separ- and really focusing on those and sending out that product to each one of those spaces, and watching things perform so that when you go to the grocery store, now, you know, what's what's available and you're thinking oh, it's one on the top of mind. Um, so I would say it's, it's a great place for, for both to be. And I think that it is a good place for growth stage companies, established companies, very early stage companies. It is a little bit more difficult.
1: So, so how, uh, you know, in some ways, this, this, this isn't a lot different than, than affiliate marketing, right? You know, except that except there's you know there's this is more pay for content rather than pay for clicks right yes so not to speak poorly of affiliates but you know man the affiliate world is gross in many respects you you know the world of 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 affiliate marketing you know maybe maybe not i mean it, it has been really challenging right um uh you know, to find, to, to find good quality, you know, to, to find good quality affiliate. Oh, I don't know. To find quality affiliates who are really additive to your, you know, to your experience, right. You know, most, most affiliates are just trying to get in the way between, you know, someone who's going to come buy something anyways, you know, and so they focus at the bottom of the funnel, but I guess, I guess creator marketing is much, much more focused at the top of the funnel.
0: Much more focused on the content too. Um, and that content that you're actually able to, to get them in, um, you know, some folks are interested in doing an affiliate structure and some brands would rather lean on an affiliate structure. It also depends on your product, right? It depends on kind of the price point of your product and how you're going to be able to uh, get that out. So, and what ROI you kind of need on, on every purchase. Um, so we have worked with people as affiliates as well but i also think from the from the creator standpoint all they have to worry about i want them to create about create them to worry about creating awesome content that's going to encourage their their audience to go check out this brand Uh, i don't necessarily want them to create an awesome email because that's where a lot of these email lists come from um, that's going to like trick someone into going and clicking this link Right, because that's where a lot, a, lot, a lot of it is. And I have worked with, you know, reached out to a Creator before. Hey, yeah, we've got a list of 110,000 emails. That's the first thing that you're uh, bragging about. And so if I see 110,000 email subscribers and I see 110 Instagram followers, that you don't have a community. You don't have a community there. You don't have people that actually care about your stuff.
1: So what? How do how do creators create community? We talked a little bit about you know how you can tell if they have one, but how do they actually do it? How do they build that that uh, you know that that authority, that influence, that that veracity, that trust with their with their community?
0: Tactical, tactically, uh, you need to think about where you want those. Where do you want people to engage with each other? Where does that place need to be? Um, does it need to be a Facebook group? Does it need to be a, a Telegram channel? Does it need to be an email list? Um, where are this place where you want people to start to kind of talk with each other and kind of let the community become its own? And so, what you do is you lead with genuineness, you lead with actually putting out information that people care about. People start to trust in you, they start to trust the products that you've been recommending. And then you can say, hey, go join us here where we talk about this specific thing. That niche aspect of it is really important because um, so like using the mom example, uh, if, if you have a lot of people who are interesting in, interested in parenting, um, you want them to come to one place where they can continue to talk to people and get advice and hear about different things that are going on in that space. Not necessarily all just about, okay, what did Sarah post today on her Instagram story? Right, um, but it's hard. It's, it's 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 not it's not uh it's not easy. Uh, it's it's really hard, especially when you're in a more crowded space. So the more niche down you're able to be, the more you're going to be able yeah. to 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 succeed. Um, and also just having that that focus on having consistency. I think that one of the things that a lot of that things I hear from creators is that. Once they realize that they're helping people, when they realize that they're actually being watched and are actually providing value for folks, that's when they start to kick it up a notch and get a little bit more structured with their approach. Uh, and that, that takes time to, to yeah. start to build that trust.
1: Um, now, uh, earlier, I referenced how marketers ruin everything. Um, but we're, uh, marketers, you know, by and large, are control freaks. And you know, just in my experience, um, uh, you know, working with with brands over the years, um, you know, there's there's a lot of fear, you know, or like need for approvals, and all that sort of stuff. So how do you, you know, how do creators navigate that? Because if they are paying attention to what the brand wants, that might be different than the way they normally represent themselves.
0: Yeah, so my phrase is let the creators create. So usually, what we do is provide them with some specific keys of things that we need them to hit on in their content, and then from there, we kind of let I my approach is to let them run with it, and then we're able to do the approval process from there. Um, and you're right, some some brands are want to be in more control compared to others, and if you want to be in more control, then you should hire a media company to make a commercial for you and then you can get paid actors and you can control every single aspect of every single point of the content. And so it's a completely different mindset. Of yeah. You need to let go of control and you need to have trust that this person knows how to create content that connects with their audience. And you don't because you are Otherwise you wouldn't. right, yeah. CMO. Right. Right. Yeah. Because you are a CMO who lives in Delaware. And you are trying to sell Frisbees and it's cold in Delaware and your target market is 18 year old kids in Arizona. So that is really the biggest thing. And a lot of that is, you know, when I have my initial conversations with clients, I can feel who is more in control and who is more, you know, needs more of that compared to other people. And that's where a lot of it on my job is to say, I don't know if this is a good fit because you have a different expectation on what people are able to, to actually, uh, actually provide. So, uh, I, I will, you know, very rarely do we make any edits to the content. Uh, very rarely is it off because uh, we build that relationship so that they actually understand what the brand is trying to do. And then we hit on those specific, uh, call to actions and things that we actually want them to, to discuss.
1: And then, um, you know, uh, you see on, on Facebook quite a bit. So, uh, you know, there are creators who are doing, uh, you know, they have, they have uh, they're basically running, you know, boosted or, or uh, posts or ads that, you know, are talking about a particular product. Um, uh, and, and, you know, like you'll tend to see a bunch of them at once. Um, you know, I just remember that there was, uh, uh, right around Christmas time, I happened to, uh, uh, I bought my, because uh, I am the most romantic man in the entire world, I bought my wife a rumba for Christmas because it's what she wanted. You know, so now we have a little robot vacuum. But during that time, since I uh, so I had completely declared myself in market for floor cleaning stuff, uh, you know, I was hit on Facebook with, you know, a, 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 like a, a bunch of, Mom influencers running ads talking about Swiffer Wet Jets. And- so that
0: is kind of the next level of, of this is the white. I, I I call it white labeling. People have different terms yep. to it, right? Yep. I, I really more so call it. I call it white labeling. Um, and why would you? Why I think it's I think it's a great approach. I think that it's a way you that that back to content compared to audience. You are able. This, these accounts have accumulated a large audience, so you know that your targeting is going to be more effective as opposed to you know, other broad campaigns.
1: Right. So, so I guess so. So uh, let's let's sort of paint this picture. So, so for this particular influencer, they may have created, uh, you know, an Instagram post about the about the product. Maybe talked about it a little bit. You know, maybe created a little more content. And then brand decided, hey, this is good content. We should turn this into ads, except we're going to run it through your account rather than ours because it seems more authentic. Right. Okay. Right. So Um, a
0: little tip, uh, you know, Spark ads, which is basically the boosted post comparison on TikTok are actually being pushed more by uh, TikTok right now. So for anyone out there who has had anyone talk about their product on TikTok, you should reach out to that account and see if they'd be interested in running a boosted post. Um, and so what you're doing is then putting ad dollars behind their account. Uh, it's a win-win for you guys because you're able to get your you're able to get high quality content out to uh, a specific audience and then it's an advantage for the creator because then their view count goes up for that specific video which is something that's important for them so when it actually yeah. gets boosted their their view count goes up so um some will ask for addition will ask for additional payment right some will ask for additional rights to the video and that's totally you know understandable for them for them to do that and i think the the, the smart creators right now and the people who have the right process in place are continuing to ask for for more when brands when brands ask for more
1: what's the the you know so the, the the business model for the creator is you know essentially is is pay per post plus maybe a little bit of performance right and then if if brand wants to you know you you know repurpose the content that they've made you know and stick it in their email or do a, you know a, a, you know put it on their website would that be would that be sort of additional you know would that be you know, an additional negotiation or once you've paid for the post, you own the content? Where does it vary? Right,
0: Rights to content has been one of the things in this space that's been the most talked about over the last you know year or so. Because at first, you know, five years ago, which is really when it started, you sent someone a dress, they took a dress, you took their content and then you just ran with it. Um, and so creators are starting to get a lot more ahead of how that works. So you just ask, right? Usually brands just ask them if they would like it, it, you know, you do need to ask for the rights to the to the video, um, and then sometimes uh, creator will say, "Sure, go for it," or sometimes they'll say, "Yes, but you'll need to pay additional additional amount for it." Um, so, just really, it really just depends.
1: And, and that's and that's why it's it's important to have somebody like you in the middle, right? Who you know, because the the average um, you know the you know the average say you know $5 million or $10 million $20 million business isn't going to have a media rights lawyer uh, uh, you know in their stable right and so Correct. and so you know working you know working through someone like you really sort of makes that process easier
0: yes so really we it's a very manual process working with influencers and one of the things that sometimes uh, it's funny, people will say, you know, we tried it, but it didn't really work. And that can be a good and bad thing because usually they, they were missteps along the way. And so sometimes yeah. they don't think that it's necessarily a proven channel, but they also didn't really do it the, the right way. Uh, some of the, the best folks we've worked with too, is we, we saw a little bit, we did it. We saw a little bit of success here. So we know it's there. We just know we need to reach out to more and we know we need to have a, some more structure around what we're doing. Uh, so those are really the folks who I think are the, the 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 best ones to work with. And I even encourage people to go do it on their own. I'm trying to think of ways to uh, kind of give people a, like a, a starter pack of sorts, right? Is okay. Here, here's 100 accounts. Here's 100 emails. Go reach out to them and see how it see how it goes. Um, and kind of giving people an initial taste of it. Uh, we've been doing that with. Just sending, just so that brands can understand we're on the same page. I'll share with them accounts that I think are going to be a good fit. I can't necessarily guarantee that that creator is going to put out content for them, uh, but just to give them a sense that we're on the right track.
1: And, you know, by the way, that sort of, uh, that, that, that done with you concept, that's I, that, that's how you're going to monetize your audience someday when, when you become Dan Dan, the influencer man.
0: Like a course or something?
1: Yeah, totally. I, 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 as a matter of fact, do you want to advertise that now or do you have to make it first?
0: Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think that we're, we're basically already doing that. We don't, I don't have an intro to ninety nine ninety nine thing that we're able to, to, to put off. It really is just uh, that first step in our process of yeah. getting you got of getting, getting folks there. Um, so I would say, really, what I'm advertising right now is reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Go check out our website, GrowJuniper.com, to learn a little bit more about what we do. Um, you can set up a call there, or you could even you can even email me, Dan at GrowJuniper.com. Uh, we can we can start to talk a, about that. Day. That was
1: such a seamless promotion. That was that was so easy it's and authentic. How,
0: it's funny how that works. Yeah, funny how that works. Dude. I just like to think of myself as, of, as an authentic guy. I am just interested in businesses in general. Um, so you know, I'm. The first thing is to understand that this is a fit for a business. It not, isn't necess- It's not SEO, where every everyone needs SEO, right? I don't know. Do you think everyone needs SEO? Okay. All right. It's It, it but, is but, a uh, very specific. It's a very specific thing. And right. It has to be for very yeah. specific companies very specific companies. Um, So I think that that's really the thing that we're always trying to lead with is understanding where businesses are at before we just throw them into it. Uh, Really try to see it as a customized approach to companies. Uh, This isn't a pay 500 bucks and you get 10 creators and 12 pieces of content. Um, It just is really, I was talking to someone who's working with a competitor and that was kind of the structure that they had. And they ended up getting just creators that weren't in their niche that that, that didn't perform. Um, so that is, it's it, we have a mix of a productized and customized approach. Our productized and the process that we perform, but it's customized in the creators that we reach out right, to. Right, because you,
1: you it has to be clear, right? Like you have to the creators have to fit the the brand and vice versa, and so. And so it's it's not going to be sort of a one size fits all and you've got your your three creators in network that you know you can just throw anything at. You know, people who promote whatever, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, I
1: like I this should. isn't this isn't an inf- this not it's not an infomercial.
0: Right. It's it's not an infomercial and also we are brand first. We are partners with a brand. I don't have. I'm not spending my days going out and recruiting talent that I will then eventually be able to deploy to some of these campaigns. Uh, I'm working with the brand first, understanding what's going to work with them, and then going out and finding the, right. these specific audiences.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, so, so we just have a couple of minutes left. I would love to, you know, understand what you think is going to happen in creator marketing, you know, in the next, in the next year or two or three, you know, how is it going to change what, you know, what's, what's going to happen here because it right now, it seems like it's, it's a, uh, you know, even though I I don't know, uh, you know, the creator economy, I just read something was like, you know, something in the, you know, tens of billions of dollars a year. Um, But You know, how does this, you know, how does this start to mature?
0: I think one thing that we're already seeing and you're going to continue to see is your marketing, what's a standard marketing team look like? You've got your CMO, you've got your social media person, maybe user acquisitions under that too. I, more brands having a dedicated person or even the large ones, a dedicated team around this space specifically I think that's going to grow there. It's also going to be interesting to see what are the new platforms that are coming up and what are who are going to continue to be the winners. Uh, you know, the one, YouTube, I think is the, the best platform right now. Uh, it's just so strong with their with their approach and they're continuing to push new things such as shorts and, and other features. Um, whereas I see Instagram kind of fading into a little bit more of a website. Everyone's kind of have to, has to have a website and uh, how people are yep. engaging on, on on Instagram is is totally going to change. Uh, so then it's also keep an eye for what is that. You know, were we talking? We wouldn't have talked about TikTok three years ago. So what is that platform that's going to be around in three years? And making sure that we're continuing to to keep an eye on it um, and understand where some of these shifts are going. So for instance, uh, like the Telegram, I, I know i said it like I've said it a ton of times. Um, but it is growing a ton and it it has been a really good place for people to organize their groups Uh, in addition to that discord and what that channel what that channel looks like um so and you know also with the rise of things like substack so substack is an incredibly incredibly powerful tool it really is a platform within itself um and so how can how can those people be figuring out ways to generate more more income so that's and, really and uh,
1: i guess yeah. and you know i think twitter in in a lot of ways is making a, a substantive push in in this realm as well because they've got their they've got their own uh version of substack um you know and they've got their their sort of super duper promoted posts or whatever the the follows that you can you know you can monetize um so that's so I, I think that there's there's a so i think this is a really interesting time where Uh, perhaps in response to the, uh, you know, the Facebook, Google duopoly, um, you know, that that they're, you know, sort of by necessity, these other channels are emerging. And while they, they, you know, uh, individually, these channels may never reach the aggregate pull of of Facebook and and Google and Amazon, Um, they do, in fact, you know they have real validity because not only do you get an authentic connection to your to your target consumer, but you also get content that you can probably repurpose through those other more established channels.
0: Yeah, repurposing content is super important. Um, how can you take? And I think that that's that's also not brand new when it comes to marketing, right? I, I can not yeah, right. a lot of stuff we yeah. do to to a billboard, but if you're going to do you're going to put a ton of money into an artistic billboard or something. You want to drive as much attention to that as possible. Um, you know, there's something to be said for doing an awesome billboard, taking a picture of it and then throwing that in the newspaper or taking a picture of that and throwing right, it on Instagram or other places.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so we are up at time because I got to go and my dog just barked. So I don't know what he needs. Uh, but, uh, Dan, Dan stop from Juniper growth. Thank you so much for your time and, and really thanks for this sort of like this total primer on, uh, on creator marketing, because it's been su- like super informative. And I think I, I'm, you know, there's just, I, I think it's a really exciting time in this space.
0: What, what did you and as we've been talking more about this stuff what are you learning the most about or what are you become where are you having the most like aha moments on when it comes to to this is it how to use the content the tactical parts of it what, what,
1: no what I think I think the, the like the, the the big thing is or the uh, the big adjustment the big takeaway is that this this isn't controlled marketing right this is this is sort of in the wild, marketing, and you know this is the, in, in in some respects, that's the way marketing really works. Because you might run a you know a Super Bowl ad, and that makes people talk about you, but you have no control over what they say, right? And this is kind of the same thing because uh, because you are not, uh, well, you're not ceding control to the, the creator you're actually saying you know i'm going to let you run with this like i trust you i trust that you understand us well enough to represent us in the best possible way to your audience whom you understand way better than we do so we have to put our trust in you and i think that's and i think that's really the most exciting piece of it because it it it, it sort of it forces brands to think heterogeneously um, you know, and the idea that there is always a consistent message, and everything has to be on the on the right brand colors, and we only we we don't say this word, we use that word, um, you know, and it sort of throws the the constraints of the brand guide out the window. Um, and I think that's and I that even though it is threatening to every marketing department and every agency in the entire world. I think that's a really healthy thing because it's less formal, it's more real, it's, it, and, it, and it sort of breaks down barriers and it allows people, it allows brands to trust other people to be in charge of, uh, of the communication to an audience, but also maybe it loosens, it loosens up the idea that, that the marketer controls the narrative. Because they don't. The marketer makes a supposition about what they want the narrative to be. And then a really good brand adapts and changes with that, you know, with the feedback they get. And I think this is a place where all of a sudden it makes sense for, you know, marketers to think like, I've got to trust in my product. I've got to trust in what we do because it's going to come out the right way rather than pushing away anything that I didn't already previously consider.
0: Yep. And, you know, things like the feature that you think people like the most is maybe not the feature that they actually do. So you can kind of let the creator come up with those ideas for you. So I appreciate Absolutely. you having me on. Appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to talking in. And uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. And um, yeah, have a great rest of the day.
1: And we'll put all the, uh, put all your contact information in the show notes. Uh, And again, thanks, everybody. That's the Kilroy Report. Hey, it's Tim. Thanks for tuning into the Kilroy Report. Your support means a lot. If you liked this episode, hated this episode, whatever, please leave your feedback at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you do that sort of thing. And if you're one of the brilliant people who love this, think about subscribing. It'll do you good.